Hey, women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. We are here with another episode of Gotta Get Up. Brian and I bringing you the recap of the week for your favorite WNBA team. Again, happy Juneteenth. This is a day particularly for Black Texans uh, that is celebrating uh, I don't know if celebrating is right. It's celebrating in one regard, but it's also an unfortunate piece of history where Texas, Black Texans uh, were the last to know that slavery was abolished in the United States. And that's what this history, that's what this, uh, this holiday now being a national holiday, air quotes, celebrates. So um, again, for all the Texans out there, we are... Uh, in, in solidarity with you. But uh, let's get into the New York Liberty because there was also, in addition to a Juneteenth celebration at Barclays on Sunday, also a celebration of a return of Brittany Griner. And we know Sandy Brondello, we talked about it last episode, would likely be emotional and was talking about her opportunity to see Brittany Griner, um, at least in the WNBA. I, I, again, Sandy Brondello has, has caught up with BG since she's been back. But Brianna Stewart also talked about that. Brian, I know you were at Barclays. Talk about the mm-hmm. atmosphere mm-hmm. between the players, the coaching staff, but of course the fans seeing Brittany Griner in the building, although she did not play against the Liberty. Yeah, it just felt like, it felt like seeing an old family member for the first time in a really long time. In pregame, all the players went up to BG. They all stopped and gave her hugs. I believe that was Brianna's first time seeing BG since she's been home. Same for Courtney as well. Sandy told us in pregame that she and BG went out to dinner in a spot near the arena in Park. So a great restaurant, by the way. Like right bef- like the night before. So that felt pretty great. The fans, they the building was sold out and the upper areas of the building were open. So even more fans were there in to show support. She stopped, BG stopped to say hello to the fans. They all were happy to see her. And something that I thought was really great was in conjunction with the game, the Liberty and the Bring Our Families Home campaign held a letter writing campaign before the game started and during the game a lot of the fans came over to that section signed letters in support of americans that have been wrongly detained abroad and it felt that everybody was all pushing together in a sense of solidarity and community and if and it felt really heartwarming to watch like because I was there in the um in, in watching in pregame and it just felt all the love and positivity that was in the air and it felt really heartwarming to sort of witness in real time. I love that. I love of course the homecoming as you mentioned, but also the continued campaign. Brittany Griner has been very vocal about the Bring Our Families Home campaign with her first official press conference and really called out uh, or challenged mainstream media to continue to cover the WNBA. She brought in someone, and we've talked about this on Black Rosie Media, but uh, a liaison, if you will, uh, from the Biden administration who is responsible for uh, helping to negotiate and help families who, as you mentioned, have 
their kin that are wrongfully detained as Brittany Griner was. So we're grateful that, of course, Brittany Griner is home. And I think it is amazing that she continues to spread the message because, quite honestly, before Brittany Griner, I did not know about this campaign. I did not know how many U.S. citizens find themselves wrongfully detained overseas. And so I think that was amazing. Now, I alluded to this, and so we're going to start with the Sunday matchup against the Phoenix Mercury. Of course, in addition to all of that fanfare and celebration, there was also a game, and it was the Phoenix Mercury at New York Liberty Barclays Center. Now, we know that the New York Liberty have been missing a few pieces. You've got Hanju, who has overseas commitments. You have um, Sabrina Unescu, who has been out that nagging hamstring injury. Hamstrings and quads are always tough to to heal that you require some rest. So hopefully that's all that's going on with Sabrina Ionescu, but that has introduced a few different things that we saw throughout the week, Brian, including uh, a hardship contract for Epiphany Prince in her return, but then also Maureen Johannes starting in the mm-hmm. lineup for the New York Liberty. What are your thoughts um, on how the impact of, again, players away from the team or with, with injury has impacted the roster and rotation? Sure. Um, one interesting thing that Brianna mentioned in her post game last in her post game yesterday afternoon is that they ran some stuff with her at point guard just so they have her sort of initiating the offense, finding people. And it worked out really well on Sunday to the tune of seven assists. Like she was able, she was able to leverage all of the Mercury's attention on her to find open players in the corner, find players cutting to the basket. So that's a good, interesting wrinkle. And I guess when Sabrina is back from as she has more time to sort of heal up her hamstring, that could be another sort of wrinkle to look the Liberty deploy, which would make for which, which would make for an even more interesting matchup for opponents. And for Marine Johannes in particular, I felt that she was really able to be assertive in the second half and really made a lot of key baskets when the when the Mercury started making their run. She in the first half, she didn't really take she didn't take any field goal attempts as she was looking sort of like get more be more of a distributor. But Courtney Vandersloot and assistant coach Olaf Lange mentioned that hey, you can you you should look for your shot a little bit more. You can maintain that aggressiveness, and she played a really great second half and was so, and sort of helped get the team to the finish line. So I think for Marine in particular. On Tuesday after Atlanta's game, Sandy said that Marine doesn't really like playing point guard. It doesn't really make her comfortable. And that's an area I think we've talked about where Marine sort of like taking her next evolution. So having Epiphany Prince on the roster who can spell Courtney so she doesn't have to play 38 minutes and take on all that heavy responsibility of guarding the opponent's best perimeter score, running the offense, getting her own shot. It sort of like takes a lot off her shoulders it, it sort of like slots Marina into a role she's more comfortable in for now. And it gives the Liberty that steady ball handling while Sabrina is healing up and, and, and sort of getting back to where she needs to be. I love that you mentioned, again, what Sandy Brandello said about Marine Johannes. We have so many Marine Johannes fans that follow Black Rosie Media and the Gotta Get Up podcast. And there is a lot of question about if and when she will be able to step up in that one role. But my eye test has always said, one, uh, that Marine Johannes is great off the ball. That's where she's her most creative. And 
also that if she were to take over that one spot, that point guard position, it's the decision making that is where she would need to grow. But if that's not her comfort level, if that's not her bread and butter, it's going to be curious to see how the New York Liberty um, deploy her within their rotation. But of course, you still have Courtney Vandersloot healthy, as you mentioned, now bringing in Epiphany Prince. That's a huge element. And so then the question becomes, who is that backup point guard? It looks like we got a little bit of the answer with Brianna Stewart. And on the one hand, I like that because we've already seen Stewie play that facilitation role. It was mentioned multiple times, especially on Sunday, that the New York Liberty are leaders in the league when it comes to assists. And a part of that is because their players, one through five, in the one through five position, are confident and comfortable facilitating with their teammates. Now, bringing up the ball is, a, is sometimes a little bit of a difference, but the Liberty also like to play with pace and in transition. And more often than not, throughout the roster, you see that there are players that are comfortable bringing the ball up. So as we continue to see the team settle into their identity, I think those are going to be interesting elements. But I think it is worth noting that Epiphany Prince, at least for now, is on a hardship contract. So mm-hmm. what options does that bring? Does that mean that Sandy Brundello and Marine Johannes are going to have to have a conversation to where she becomes at least a little bit more comfortable on the ball? Because I think that, I mean, I, I, th- I could see it either way, but having Brianna Stewart be able to bring the ball up, I don't think hurts you. But I do wonder if if that balance isn't struck between her bringing up the ball and being able to be a post player, I wonder how that would impact the Liberty throughout the season, especially if they're going to make a playoff run. Yeah. Well, on the Sabrina front, it looks like the schedule is pretty weird over the past couple of weeks in that they've had one game and then they've had four days off in between. So on Tuesday, they played Atlanta. Then they came back to action on Sunday they finished up the game yesterday. Now they're going to be off until Friday. And Sandy's mentioned that Sabrina is pretty much close, but with the schedule being what it is, if you can sneak a few extra days to get even strong, get the hamstring even stronger, that they, it looks like they're taking advantage of it. So they might be able to hold off on the Marine as backup point guard option for a little bit longer. I think what what will help is that, like you said, Marine is best off ball. And sometimes if sometimes she makes mistakes out of aggression out of aggressiveness and trying to sort of like make the make the even better pass usually mm. when she when she's on it she makes passes that are impossible like one of her, her first assistant jj she sort of like was able to do a wraparound pass and it sort of whipped past Brianna turner and found jj right in stride for an easy layup which i had to, which i caught back on the replay i was like wow I didn't even see that when I was watching from the media section. This is this is amazing. So it definitely would give the Liberty more opportunities and more time to experiment and tinker with things. I think just playing her off ball might be where she's best suited for now. And then Sabrina has had her reps as an on-ball creator. It hasn't gone picture perfect with her, but you see the steady growth. So I wonder if the same process will go for Marine. And I think especially for a Liberty team that's always read and react, having that ability to sort of like find plays on the fly, which is always one of Marine's strengths. I wonder if that's going to be something that she can sort of like continue to sort of build on while incorporating more of that point guard duty when the game really slows 
steps down in the half court setting. Yeah, and I, I love what you said really at the top of that because not necessarily uh, or hopefully won't be something that they immediately have to fix, but I think it did show um, maybe something that we see in the next year or two or several handful of years, depending on how long Courtney Vandersloot stays on contract, depending on um, how Sabrina progresses, because I know a lot of people thought she would solve the point guard issue. But again, if we look at what she did at Oregon, she, of course, did play point guard. But who else did she have? She had Maite Cazorla on that team with her. And Maite, especially when Oregon needed to find a little bit more fluidity in their offense and in their rotation, giving having Sabrina be off the ball and have Maite take the point, that was a winning recipe at Oregon. So for me, again, I think she's a bit advanced as a hybrid uh, one-two at, compared to Marine, but still something that, again, bringing in Courtney Vandersloot was huge for the New York Liberty. Having Epiphany Prince right now for the New York Liberty is going to be great. So how does that shape for the rest of the season? How does that shape if they make the postseason and then again beyond? But you mentioned the schedule, and I want to get to that. Um, but let's talk about what we learned from the Atlanta loss. First of all, let's just talk and pay some respect to Atlanta, who has been, um, for lack of a better term, a bottom dweller for a handful of seasons now, but under former New York Liberty guard, Tanisha Wright has started to find their stride. And not only did they get a win against the New York Liberty this week, but they also defeated another top three team in the Connecticut Sun. What did we learn from that game, particularly from the New York Liberty perspective, Brian? Gotta Get Up is brought to you by our new sponsor, the Bounceless Control Sports Bra. No more sacrificing your form to control the bounce. No more feeling embarrassed because your breasts want to work out on their own. No more doubling or tripling to make it through workouts. Now, one sports bra gives you the support you need. And our listeners and viewers over on Black Rosie Media will get 15% off their first order by using code BRM, which of course stands for Black Rosie Media. So head to bounceless.com to get your bounceless control sports bra and get back to your active life. Well, one thing that they called out in post game yesterday was that in the in the Atlanta game, they got smashed on the boards and and rebounding has been a bugaboo for this team. So they learned that rebounding, completing possessions is of the utmost importance. Like they make the initial stops on defense, but they can't bring it all the way home and secure the rebound. Or if they get a play out, if they, if they see a loose ball, sort of get possession of it and go from there. So completing possessions is going to be a huge aspect for them. And also something else that sort of played out in Sunday's game was that they got Brianna Stewart a little bit easier looks. They mentioned Courtney and Sandy in postgame on Tuesday that they didn't really get Stewie the ball in the best position. And Atlanta's attention and the way they played her and, and some bad shooting luck contributed to her going a, a career worse one for 14. So I think for the Liberty, it's one thing where it's like, oh, hey, Brianna's not going to do that again. How can we make sure that doesn't happen? Get her the ball in easier spots. So that's something that was really key to what they practiced on throughout the week and, and played out in yesterday's game. And I think also on Jones as well from that game, we're starting to 
year put it more together. But foul, early foul trouble has been a bugaboo for her as well, too. Like, she'll start off strong, and then she'll get hit with two fouls, and then she'll sort of, like, have to hit the bench early. So her playing those good rotations and not, not having foul trouble so she can play an entire first first bench. That part is going to be key to what they do as well, too, because JJ really gives them a great interior presence, a great shot blocker at the rim, and someone who can control the boards, help spark a fast break, do all of those things. So they're going to really hard to be on the court and continuing to sort of like stack up good days so she can really take off and sort of like hit the stratosphere. I love that you mentioned John Quell Jones. We've talked about it and alluded to it here and there as we've gone through our first handful of episodes. But yes, John Quell Jones, we know can be a force, uh, has been an MVP in this league. And we do see that the frustration, sometimes if we're being honest, the fatigue does lead to some of that foul trouble for John Quell Jones. I love that you use the term bugaboo. That was her bugaboo in Connecticut. And we saw that play out again. <laughs> Sometimes it's that maybe she's not getting the foul calls or uh, whatever the case is. And that leads to um, just not being as sharp as she might want to be defensively. We also saw in this game, and we hope Michaela Onyanwere is okay. She did not return to the game on Sunday, but John Quell Jones also does get those elbows up. And, if I'm being honest, because, you know, for her whole career, I've seen her play against the New York Liberty. But there are times where it's a balance between John Cole Jones is a tall and, you know, good sized body. And sometimes the elbows go up and that's going to be, especially on, on a defender that's shorter than her, that's just going to be how the game goes. But there are times where JJ toes that line and that goes into, again, uh, getting those foul calls and uh, uh, that frustration versus fatigue. Um, so that is something to be mindful of with John Quell Jones. Now, on the positive side of things, John Quell Jones post game, she spoke to Kim Adams, and I know that was piped through the arena, but she talked about finally being able to get back to her game. She had 13 points on 50% from the floor. Um, was 5 for 10, had a season-high 11 rebounds, also had three assists on Sunday. And the thing that we noticed about the Phoenix game and perhaps where the New York Liberty was able to use their length is that they had a lot of offensive rebounds. So the second, third attempts in, in their offensive end, that was the bugaboo, if you will, and the Achilles heel, the coup de gras <laughs> for the Phoenix Mercury in this game. Now, there was a little bit of a lapse for the New York Liberty in the fourth quarter, um, something that also John Quell Jones alluded to. So we still see this team working towards that complete 40. But how would you gauge, particularly um, on Sunday, bouncing back from that loss in Atlanta. How close would you say, Brian, that they are to a complete game when playing Phoenix? And, you know, is it in one of the top three performances for a complete game so far for the New York Liberty? You know, the funny thing about it is that they led wire to wire. And I, 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 I noticed that after I was like, oh, wow, they never trailed at all. And even though Phoenix could run and they sort of um, delivery, they they let they let go of the rope a little bit, but they were able to quickly seize control back with some big plays late. So that's a good sign of a team that knows that if they sort of like if they lose focus for a little bit, they know, hey, we got to be careful. And then they can 
snap back into it pretty fast, especially with their three-point shoot second best performance of the season. I would I I would say their first best was the Connecticut game, where excuse me, when they used the dominant second half to go against to get a win against a really fantastic team. So I think that might be their best so far as a quality of opponent and the way they won, being able to win going away against a really strong, tough, connected team like Connecticut is a great sign for them. But I would say this one is second because especially even though BG and Dana Tarasi were out in addition to Skylar, who's on leave as well, you have a, a team gives you their best their best shot late, but you don't will you know fold and you're able to sort of like hit back and and wrap the game up. They they were up huge against Chicago, but they let go of the rope and then they got dazed at the end and couldn't sort of like pull out the fire. Game like this, they were able to sort of like stay task oriented and really bring it all the way home so it's something where i would give it an a minus of a game you know that you're you're almost there but there's a little bit more you can do so i think that a game like this especially being able to finish will let the group know that oh hey we can do it but we have to make sure that those those four minute gaps that we sort of like let go a little bit we can clean that up and then we can take that, we can take the other 36 and bring it to the next game. Yeah, I love that you talked about the Connecticut game. I love that you talked about, obviously, the Phoenix game. And I would toss in one more as, for me at least, their top three because you talked about being and having that lead. I mean, the lead was more or less 19, 20 points for the majority of the game, Brian. But I think if we look at the opposite side of that spectrum, the the Chicago, the first Chicago game in Chicago, which is where I am right now, um, mm. I yeah. liked that because they were down by, you know, wow. a, a decent amount and were able to chip away. And, you know, I think um, that is something that we we need to see from a Liberty squad. We know also that Sandy Rondella also talked about then the game when Chicago is in Barclays that she didn't like that the team was up by so much because they couldn't close out the game. So to see them do that against Phoenix perhaps is indicative to your point in that A minus range, but also showing the growth pattern over time. Now, Brian, you've already alluded to this, but or excuse me, before we get to the upcoming schedule, I did just want to put this other stat out there something that impressed me and I think could speak to how the Liberty can fare as the team, as the season goes on, but bench points was huge for the New York Liberty. They got 22 bench points and uh, the starters gave them 67 compared to Phoenix, their starters giving 59, but the Phoenix bench only gave them 12 points again in comparison to 22 bench points for the New York Liberty. So who are we talking about there? We're talking about Kayla Thornton. We're talking about Niara Sabali. We're talking about Epiphany Prince in particular, those players being able to make an impact. We also saw Jocelyn Willoughby got some minutes earlier than we've seen throughout this regular season. So before we move on to the upcoming schedule, Brian, I wanted you to talk about what your impressions have been about the New York Liberty benched and depth and how we've seen Sandy Brondello put a little more trust in some of her reserve players. Yeah. Jocelyn Willoughby has gotten a lot of run with Sabrina out over the past couple of weeks and she's, and she's done well in, 
her minutes. Like she 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 won the guarding Ryan Howard on Tuesday against Atlanta. And in this game, she was able to make some really nice passes. Uh, one one of the reporters on site Jack Powell, she meant there was one really great assist that Jocelyn made to Niara, like right where she found her, where she was able to sort of like as Niara cut, she hit her right in stride and found her for a wide open layup. So Jocelyn's definitely been sort of like working in the lab, staying engaged, staying locked in. And Sandy shouted her out in pregame yesterday, saying that Joss is always on the call. She's always ready to contribute at a moment's notice. And I think that that's a great sign for this team because you never know who, who may be out, who may need a day off, who needs these kind of things so having a young player who's bought into the system is fully locked in with the terminology and is able to make good plays on offense and defense is so valuable and i think for on the niara side she's really continuing to add more and more to her to her to her sort of represent finishing well up of the pick and roll she can sometimes bring the ball up to start a, to, to start a fast break which is another good wrinkle for this team to have and i think that she's getting more and more chemistry with the team like on her first basket she and epiphany had a really nice pick and roll and niara was able to finish strong at the basket so having a young a big like that who can who has really good touch around the rim, has a great knack for getting rebounds, that really helped them allow them to continue to expand possession, sort of get the ball moving from side to side, get the defense scrambling, and sort of put them in a spot where they're not, where the defense is really forced to react even more to what the Liberty are doing. Yeah, again, just something that I wanted to point out because it's going to be something that if this New York Liberty team indeed wants to make a postseason run, getting those players active, getting them comfortable, and getting them to be efficient in their skill set is going to be huge. But Brian, again, we know that the New York Liberty, you mentioned this earlier in our podcast for today's episode, but there's a decent amount of time off that the New York Liberty have. We know that Sabrina Ionescu is, again, with injury and sounds like the New York Liberty feel that she's close to getting back, which is unsurprising. Uh, I think for a while, even while we saw her with that sleeve, there was the expectation that it wouldn't be something that would be ongoing and lingering. But I think the New York Liberty saw an opportunity perhaps to give her just a little bit more rest. So what uh, do we anticipate regarding the schedule? Do you think the Liberty are going to maybe give the team a few days off? Do you think they're going to get right back at it, as you said, get back into the lab uh, and before Friday's game? Well, this week is going to be interesting because this is the first sort of stretch where they're going to be, I guess, with the new plane policy. That's going to be something interesting that, that we're probably going to ask them about on Friday with the JSX flights. So that's so I, I'm wondering how that's going to look because the Liberty will have to go to Westchester to access it. And Westchester is, I want to say, about an hour away from Brooklyn and Barclay Center. So that's going to be a fun wrinkle we'll, we'll ask about on Friday during pregame. But if I had to guess, because today... My, Days day after games are off days, so Monday the day we're recording, they're off. They they took a they took an extra day off last week. Wondering if they 
take Tuesday off as well, do practice on Wednesday, just just a quick dry run because this is the third time they've seen Atlanta this month. So they've gotten a lot of familiarity with them. Then they travel Thursday for the game Friday. So they have another opportunity to buy their players a little bit more rest. Um, a lot of the starters have played like really intense minutes. So having an extra day to just sort of like decompress, taking the nice weather today. It's like great weather. It hasn't rained in a couple of days, thank God, over here. So they get more time you sort of be in community relax and then they can get back on the grind wednesday before hitting the road for atlanta yeah i i would imagine that they'll probably take an extra day and yes i'm glad you mentioned the travel we talked so much or a decent amount about travel on the last episode and we didn't really get to it on this episode but yes we'll have to follow up and see what new york liberty camp is saying on the unfortunate incident that Phoenix experienced, particularly Brittany Griner, has led to some policy changes. There's been reporting on it, but not much that has come from the league directly. They're still using the um, the uh, company line of that, you know, it's kind of confidential because it, it's a security measure. And to one extent, I understand that. But also, I think if the provided parameters that would be helpful because in my opinion at least from the reporting that I did the vagueness or the ambiguity about the parameters to begin with was what potentially might have led to some um, misunderstandings between the Phoenix Mercury between Brittany Griner's camp and between the league so we're still waiting to sort all of that out definitively so yes we will stay finger on the pulse there but we already know that the New York Liberty travel with security so at least that won't be an issue but yes we'll see how the travel goes before we close out this episode Brian first of all thank you so much for joining me week by week and of course we want to make sure people People check out your amazing work covering Brooklyn basketball. But I got to talk a little bit about Cheyenne Parker. We know that the New York Liberty, as you mentioned, will see a familiar foe. But we talked about the, the boards. And Cheyenne Parker has been a disruptor for sure for Atlanta. And I'm wondering if, you know, Cheyenne Parker and company, what are things that you would like to see them the New York Liberty, that is, what would you like to see them really focus on? If you were drawing up a practice plan, what would you like to see the New York Liberty really refine, again, knowing that Cheyenne Parker is playing amazing and that Atlanta already knows that they can go toe-to-toe with the best? Yeah, I think that um, team rebounding is going to be my first my first line of emphasis. Like, I think if they're able to keep possessions and get more possessions for themselves, that will really go a long way as far as figuring things out. Because if you're able to make Atlanta work harder on the others, they drew at least, they drew, I think that for the Liberty, just keeping those, keeping being, being strong on the boards, being dedicated on the boards and being aggressive on the boards is going to be a great start to that. And I think also, I noticed this when I was doing research for the last game, but they've had a lot of success in defending Ryan Howard. Ryan hasn't been able to get to the basket against the Liberty, and they've been able to keep her on the perimeter. So I think for this group, just keeping her out there and forcing her into difficult jumpers with a, with a myriad of defenders sort of like going against her, whether it's Benicia, Courtney getting 
Kapaninga Spin, Maureen Johannes, or Jocelyn Willoughby, just having players who can keep her on the perimeter and force into those tough contested shots is going to be so huge. So I think that that's going to be the second aspect of the of the practice plan for the Liberty this week, just keeping that star on the perimeter and taking jumpers as compared to getting to the basket and getting to the free throw line so i would say rebounding that's that's going to be job one and then keeping ryan out of the paint is going to be job number two yeah absolutely love what the liberty have been able to do to the last year's rookie of the year also Haley williams we've seen though has been effective for atlanta so another player to watch as we have that matchup in atlanta once again this friday but brian florton we didn't get to do our um uh, Wall pictures from Barclays this year, or, or this game, excuse me, um, this episode. Uh, but uh, I do notice you have some art behind you. What you got cooking for us? Um, this is actually art that my girlfriend made. Um, is home today. S- stay local this time around. The celebrity, the celebrities can come back another day. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? We love a local artist as well. Um, but Brian, we are going to be back next week to talk more New York Liberty on Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. Uh, make sure you check out Brian Florentin's work on The Local W. Please follow and subscribe to Black Rosie Media on social media. You can check out the website, blackrosymedia.com. And of course, over on YouTube, we also have this podcast live on audio platforms. Transistor is our main hub, but you can also find it most other places as well. All right, Brian, enjoy this Juneteenth holiday, and we'll talk again after Friday's game. All right, bye.